Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stephan Pusle with this week's message. Well, aloha, welcome, uh, good morning. Yeah, let's give that video a round of applause. Isn't it powerful? Powerful video. Uh, we're so stoked you're here, and we are currently in a series called Identity Theft. And the enemy, your spiritual enemy, wants to place on you what he wants your identity to be. And what the world wants to place on you, what their idea of you should be. And the reality is that we should be looking to God to find out who we are in him. Our identity is in Christ. And there's constant, constant, constant battle. Uh, and the thief, the Satan, wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And there's some ideas, some concepts that I want you to wrap your head around this morning. Um, this first week, last week, we talked about how we feel like sometimes we have to put on this this mask, this identity mask of being strong, right? How, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. How many, of you, how many of you like to come across strong, right? I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to come across strong because I don't want people to take advantage of me. I don't want people just to walk over me. And I, I want to at least appear that I have somewhat my life in order and together. And so I hold it together for family, for, for lots of different reasons. I... I try to put on this mask that I'm strong, when the reality is that each and every one of us are weak. And in order for God to be strong and God to be powerful through us, we must be weak. And that's the exact opposite of what this world tells you. You have to be strong. That's a weak, it's a powerful message. If you missed it, it's on our Facebook live archive. You can check it out. Um, uh, by the way, if you're joining us on Facebook live, welcome. And if you guys have driven far across the island to get here, welcome, and or if you got in a plane and you're here today, welcome, we're so stoked you're here, you guys are amazing, and uh, we just want to say thank you for being here with us. Next week, we're going to talk about the idea that, uh, actually, Paul's going to be preaching on this, he's going to be preaching on the idea that I'm not good enough. How many of you felt inadequate before in some area of your life? You're just overwhelmed and you felt like you weren't good enough. We're going to, we're going to talk about that next week. It's going to be powerful, and then we're going to wrap up the series with the idea is that I'm not what I do. So many of us look at the worst point in our life and the worst mistake we made, and we, we're, our identity's wrapped up in that. We can't seem to get past this failure in our life and others seeing us in that light or us seeing ourselves through that light. It's going to be a powerful week. You're not going to, one of the most powerful weeks of this series. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, but today, today we're going to be talking about the concept of what Paul talked about as being stuck and a bad habit or a lifestyle because you say, you know what, this is just the way I am. You know, I've tried to change, and because I couldn't change, I must be, this must be me and who I am. So I need to embrace it. We're going to talk about that um, today, but before we get there, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about myself. Um, I, I actually... This is a great example. How many of you, technology drives you crazy? Okay, <laughs> you, yeah, you're calling up somebody younger than you. How, how can I get my phone to work? Or how can, how can I get this computer to work? Or maybe you're the one that gets called like by a, a mom or, or a dad or a grandparent. And they're, and you, it, it, they're just, it drives them crazy. Well, technology is kind of my Achilles heel, okay? And it, and it frustrates me when it's not going well. And one of the things that happened not too long ago is because we're trying to do this Facebook Live thing with excellence. And let me tell you, 
the reason why we do that is there's an opportunity for us to just to talk about Jesus on a, on a global platform. And when you guys go to that page and share it, your friends hear the gospel, and, and it's just a really cool thing that we're excited about because it's getting shared, and it's, getting, and it's growing, and we're doing better and better job each week. So thank you so much for your patience with us. But one of the cool things about Facebook is just this opportunity to reach people that we normally couldn't reach, or somebody's out of town, or somebody visits us and from Alaska, and then they want to keep up with what's going on. It's pretty cool. Um, but we were having some difficulties, and so I went online. I, I wanted to find Facebook because Max got it. You know, the, the PC World's got it. You can go to a place where there's a tech support for that brand, and they can walk you through, like, what's going wrong. And so I looked online to try to find Facebook support. Let me tell you something right now, just to save yourself some time. If you're ever trying to get through to Facebook support, there is no such thing. And in fact, there are people that will pose online as genuine, authentic Facebook support. Beware. What I did is I found one. It was right at the top. I logged in it, and I called the number. This guy from India is like, how can I help you? And I'm like, oh, great. It's Facebook support. He's in, you know, from India. Okay, great. Uh, so, and so I, I proceeded on the issue, and he's like, well, in order to help you, I need you to download this remote desktop so I can operate your computer and I can see what's going on. Warning flag, okay? Do not do that, okay? <laughs> if there's any way to figure out a problem without allowing somebody else control of your device, do that instead, okay? Especially, you know, a Facebook support page. That's not really a Facebook support page. So, I'm getting kind of weird. I'm like, why do you need to see my computer for Facebook? Like, you should know Facebook. You should be able to see mine if this is official. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right, but I'm going to go ahead. Just. And as soon as I gave him control, he went and opened up a web page that had a video attached to it that would automatically shoot up on the screen as though you've been hacked. You know, it would have this barking dog, and you've been hacked, blah, 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 and it's flashing. It was a video. But because I was unaware, and I was not really thinking clearly, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got my computer. I immediately shut it down and said, you know, probably said some bad things to him over the phone, and hung up on him, and I shut down my computer. And when I booted it up again, guess what happened? It started automatically logging into that remote desktop. And so I went through my computer instead of calling Apple support, which I should have done. And because I believe the lie, right? I believe the lie as truth that they had control of my computer. So I, on my own, went digging through my applications and started deleting remote desktop. And in the process, I actually deleted something that was really important to the computer and completely crashed it. So the appearance of the truth, but was a lie, made things worse. And that's the big idea of our story, is that a lie believed as truth will affect you as though it were true. Let me say that again, write it down. A lie believed as truth will affect you as though it were true. Be careful. Don't get suckered. Don't get duped. And one of the most common lies that the, your spiritual enemy wants to put on you, push on you, is to just be resistant to change or just 
not willing to try anymore or just giving up because that's just the way I am. So we never grow spiritually. We never grow mentally. We never mature in our life. Uh, with that in mind, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to help us with this. This is a big deal. It's a pretty big lie in our day and time. Um, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for just the exciting truth that our identity can be in you and that we don't have to take on what others want and what the world wants or what our spiritual enemy wants our identity to be. We can find our identity in you, Jesus. We thank you for that. We praise you. Holy Spirit, you know, would you just rest on us right now? We just want to create this space for you right now. Holy Spirit, come. Surround us with your peace. Whatever stuff we're bringing in right now from the week or the stress, the drama, the things that are worrying us, help us to set that aside right now. Speak to us. Father, speak to my, 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 my mouth and, and it penetrate hearts with truth so that people can be free. Without you, Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen, amen. So we're going to jump into God's word, all right? It's going to be pretty cool here. And we're going to be turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And one of the cool things that we do as a church, by the way, we have some custom awakening Bibles. If you like a physical uh, paper Bible that you can read and highlight and scribble on and everything, write notes, there's one outside. We, we want to bless you with that. It's our gift to you. But another really cool thing is, um, let me just ask you a quick question. How many actually are like, solid Bible-believing Christians, and you brought your Bible this morning. Raise your hand up high. Okay, everybody look around. Okay, now, everybody raise your hand, because I'm, I'm going to ask you again, how many of you guys brought your Bible today, this morning? Ra everybody raise your hand. Come on, ra raise your hand. You have the Bible, God's Word. It's powerful than a double-edged sword, cutting the heart of the matter, and it's in your pocket. It's your smartphone, okay? And you can download our free app, and you can have God's Word read itself to you. You can listen to messages. It's really cool. God's Word is right there where you go. Where, how many of you guys would never go anywhere without your phone? You've got God's Word with you. You've got a sword. You've got a weapon with you, okay? Now, you can't hit people with it like an old traditional heavy Bible, okay? Um, even though we're not Bible thumpers here, okay? Um, you can chuck your phone at somebody. It might not do much. Um, but I think that's better, really, because we're not supposed to thump people anyway. Um, but God's word is there, and you can download that and follow along. So we're going to look at Paul and what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. And this is what it says. It says what? We are human. Everybody say that. We're human. We're human, right? Uh, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's what? Mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the what? The strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy what? False arguments. Remember, a lie believed in the truth will affect you as though it were true. And, and, and Paul's saying, hey, we got mighty weapons. We don't fight the way that other people do. The word mighty is the, from the Greek uh, dunamos which is from the word dynamite, right? <laughs> you got a dynamite, explosive weapon, okay? Powerful weapon. Break through barriers, break through walls, all right? It's powerful. It's powerful. And the word stronghold is from the Greek word akormoa, to fortify, or it can mean a strong castle. But it means that you can be locked up 
or fortified and closed in by a lie or a perception that is not true. And that is why that verse says we have mighty weapons to destroy what? False arguments. Human reasoning, right? There's a, there's a, a way that seems right to a man, the Bible says. But God, he has the truth. He has the wisdom. He has the answer. Now, so many people, so many people I see in this world, so many of us are prisoners to a lie. That's just the way I am. I see so many beautiful young ladies that will look at themselves in the mirror and they will say, I'm so fat. And that's how they see themselves, that they're beautiful. They're beautiful. I see so many men who think they're more sexy than they really are. <laughs> right? It's like that song, I'm sexy and I know it. Okay, have you seen that one with the Speedo guy, you know, in the afro and the sunglasses? Okay, do not go to the beach, men. Do not go to the beach in a Speedo, okay? <laughs> all right, no, I'm just messing with you. You can rock the Speedo, I don't care. Just go with all the power to you, go for it, man. Just make sure the thong thing is in the back. That would be great. <laughs> then get the black bow tie to go with it, then you're set and you're sexy. All right, no. Uh, but... <laughs> We're going to look at some strongholds, some examples, some ideas of strongholds. We're not, we're not going to look at all of them, but for the sake of time, we're going to take a look at some that uh, it, people within the church typically face, okay? Um, the first one I, I can think of is, is financial strongholds, financial strongholds. And each time we talk about one of these ideas, and if that's you, I want you to challenge you to just be really real here at the awakening. It's, it's no shame if, if you have this kind of stronghold in your life uh, and just be real, and we're going we're gonna to go down each one and say, hey, is this for you? Is this for you? And majority of the time, most people will be raising their hand, okay, uh, including myself. Now, financial strongholds, okay, it's the ideas of the lies that, oh, I'll never, I will never be good with money. I will never budget correctly, or I'll always have debt. I'll always be worried about money. How many of you have felt like, man, you, maybe you've had a, a bit of a, financial stronghold in your life. I'm, I'm going to raise my hand on that, okay? Anybody else in here? Come on, let's be real, okay? Financial strongholds. Let's go down the list. Good, good, lots of hands. Um, let's go down the list. Relational strongholds, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll never have a good relationship, or I'll never get married, and I'll always just struggle in my marriage, or I'll always struggle with this distrust for other people, and it's hard to let other people in, and we just struggle with relationships, and Maybe it's just, I'll always be at odds with my family member, or I'll always have, be at odds with my parents or my children, and we're just stuck, and just, we're, that's just the way I am. How, how many of you struggle with that relationally, strongholds, okay, all right, raise your hands, be real, be real, okay, good, lots of hands going up, good, good, okay, we hit two of them, here's another one, all right, we're going to talk about habitual strongholds, okay, I guarantee you, okay, let me just do your favor on this next one, everybody raise your hands, when I, okay, let's do it, get it over with, right, habitual strongholds, whether it's, it's, it's a habit, bad habits, right, whether it's a chemical addiction, or it's a sexual addiction, or it's, you know, a Facebook addiction, or you're looking way too much at yourself in the mirror, it's a vanity thing, or, you know, you're way too in, 
to your own Facebook likes and how many people, you know, comment. And it's just, a, a how many of you are on Facebook way too much or on your phone, okay? I've seen you. You're walking around like this, you know, <laughs> walking into things, falling over things, crashing cars, okay? We're addicted to technology, okay? Uh, so how many in here just can say, I got a habitual stronghold in my life. It's food or whatever it is. Okay, right. Um, there's another one. It's mental strongholds, right? It's a negative mindset. Have you, how many of you know a Debbie Downer in your life at work or a family member? Uh, Debbie Downer, remember? Uh, Saturday Night Live? Okay, uh, yeah, just always negative and uh, it's just, uh, it's, da- it's draining being around them. It's just, it's, um, I just can't change, or this stinks, this world's never, it's, it's just negative, okay? Or they're just gossiping, like a little chicken, gossiping about the neighbors, gossiping about family, gossiping, just, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, it's a mental stronghold, okay? They're, or they're playing the victim, I just didn't do it with me, everybody's out to get me, right? It's a mental stronghold, okay? Or depression, whatever it is. Just, hey, listen, we're all there in the various levels, okay? How many of us have mental strongholds, okay? There we go. Good, lots of hands, okay? Another one, spiritual strongholders. Uh, <laughs> spiritual strongholds. <laughs> um, this is where, like, we feel in our life that we're on a spiritual roller coaster. We're at one point in our life, we're on fire for God, and then we just get it far. We drift away, and then, you know, we don't think God answers our prayer, or we just don't know if we're doing the right things spiritually, and, you know, or maybe some things where we've allowed in our life where we're not trusting God, or maybe it's just some spiritual strongholds. Maybe it's, you know, one of the biggest ones I think spiritually is pride. It's the idea that, oh, I look at me, how holy I am, and oh, oh, God is good, praise the Lord, and then we're going smacking each other in the church parking lot, okay, okay? Spiritual strongholds, there's all kinds of them, there's, there's, it's, it's rampant, and this is one of the most under-the-radar ones of the strongholds. Because people don't really know that they've got it. So if I ask you to raise your hand, you'll probably, even if I ask you to be real, you'll be like, well, that's not me. That's the nature of that, okay? But so everybody raise your hands. Some level, okay, some degree of it. All right, physical strongholds, okay? Maybe you're just, you're not, whatever you do, you just can't seem to get healthy. You have sickness, and it's just, I, is, this, is this who I am? Is this how I'm going to have to live the rest of my life? Or maybe you lost your hair and you only can grow it on your back and you see a guy with a full head of hair and you're just like, what, what in the world? Is this the way I'm going to be? Or, you know, let me see. Hey, so you physical struggle. I'm just joking, okay? All right. uh, God, don't smite me, okay? I'm going to go bald, right? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> anyway, you know that actually, I'm just a little rabbit trail. Just so you know, for you bald people out there, that women are more attracted statistically to people who are bald. Did you know that? Good job. All right. All right. So as we got financial strongholds, relational strongholds, habitual strongholds, mental strongholds, spiritual strongholds, physical strongholds. If you raised your hand at any point, and those that raise their hand up high, okay, everybody, oh, praise you, Jesus, we got a real church, all right, but here's the reality, we got a spiritual enemy that wants to tell you with any one of those things, that's just the way you are, you can't change it, why fight it, it's just the way you are, and, and if we're not careful, if we're not careful, then the thought might come in and then say, 
Well, God, God can't change who I am. God can't change who I am. And I can't think of a bigger insult to a God that created us than to say, God, you don't have the power to change me. But the reality is, is that is a lie. That is a stronghold. That is a prison. And it's become so acceptable to stay stuck where you are in your life because you believe you can't change. But the reality is that God, he has the power. He can change anything, anything that is not in Christ's image. Anything in our life that's not in Christ's image. He can deal with that. He can help us through that. I, I can tell you from experience, if you met me before I met Jesus, or even five years after I met Jesus, or even four years ago, or a year ago, and you compared the Stephens along the way, you'd be like, well, there is a God, because this guy is not the same than when he first met Jesus. I had a sibling that I prayed for, and I wanted him to accept Jesus, and, and you know what? He got answered our prayers, and he accepted Christ. But before that even happened, is right as I accepted Christ, he said to me, these words, he said, I don't believe people change. I don't. But you changed. There's something weird and different about you. Okay? And that is the power of the cross. That is the power of the blood of Jesus to wash us clean of our sin. And we can we can, we can follow him, and not because it's out of obligation or duty, because we have to, but because we want to please him, because we want to make him happy because of what he's done for us. We long to make God proud of who we're becoming. And over the years, you'll see the life change happening, and that's exciting. How many know what I'm talking about? How many of us want to meet the old 10-year-old version of you 10 years ago? How many of you do not want that to happen? Okay, right, good. Now, we're going to take a look at a couple ways that we can knock down strongholds, and we're going to take a look at two, two ways to knock down strongholds in your life. The first one is we need to capture wrong thoughts. See, thoughts can come from multiple directions. It can come from the TV. It can come from, uh, it can come from a peer. It can come from Satan himself. It can come from our, our flesh the part of our flesh that is still connected to the sin part of us, our sinful nature. Uh, a thought can be uh, placed there by something we read or the music we listen to. And there are, we are bombarded, we're bombarded, constantly, constantly bombarded with ideas or thoughts that relate to our identity that we have to capture because they are lies. They are dangerous lies. They're like serpents, thoughts that are serpents that try to whittle their way through your mind, down into your heart, and they're nest a cancer that will grow and grow. And if we don't grab those, these, these evil thoughts and we cast them out and say, no, this is not who I am, then we're in trouble. We're in trouble because those thoughts have power. The mind is the gateway to the heart, right? And then we let those things, those, those wicked, evil things in, and then before you know it, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Actions, right? We're storing and we let these thoughts in and then, and then we're doing things because we put them in there. 
We start believing something about ourselves that is not true. You know what I'm talking about? Boy, did I have to do some battle. When I hit my lowest depression, oh my goodness, suicidal thought, oh, the world, like, my world was over. And I would have to battle and take thoughts captive. And I didn't know how to do that until I went through the fire. How many have been through a storm where you had to learn to take thoughts captive? Because it was life or death for you, right? You had to take control of that mental part. You have to take control of that spiritual part, right? Or relational part. Now, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He's continuing on from the first part. Remember we talked about that mighty weapons, right? And then we tear down strongholds. We talked about that, right? And then we, we continue on to verse 5, and this is what he says. I love how he, he words this. He says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from what? Knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ, right? I, I like the NIV, uh, NIV version better. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I like that one better. We make it obedient to Christ. The thoughts don't rule us. We tell them what to do. Our flesh doesn't dominate and say, hey, this is what I want. I want Krispy Kreme. I want pizza. I want, I want Starbucks. And um, man, I want to watch that show that's really not good for your soul. This is the flesh says, oh, I want that, that boyfriend or that girlfriend. And you know what? And you're just going to have to say, uh-uh, flesh. I'm in control, not you. And so we take it captive. We take the thought captive. And we say, no. Now, here's an idea. Here's an idea. One of the examples of how maybe that I believed a lie as truth, and it began to affect me as truth. When I was young, our spiritual enemy, the devil, was very active in trying to lie to me because he knew what I potentially might do against his plans. This little boy, man, I better get him early. I better take him out. I better get him deceived and captured and, and, and imprisoned by the strongholds so that he does not go and speak the truth that other people do not get the light bulbs going off or get set free, okay? And he, and one of the areas that he would really pound in on me was the area of my, my sexuality. One of the things was, Stefan, there are no beautiful wild, adventurous Christian girls that will save themselves for marriage. So why should you? Why not have some fun too? And I started to believe that lie. And over and over again, I got my heart ripped out I gave away parts of me that were only meant for one person. And it left me damaged. It left me wounded. It left me scarred. It left me broken. Chewed up and spit out. Now, there's the ending to that story I want to tell you in just a second. But that's how dangerous that's how dangerous it is. And in fact, we can go down the road, and because of that, one of my girlfriends 
They had an abortion, didn't even tell me. And I always wanted to marry that person and have children with, with her. And she just went and did that and didn't even tell me. And my heart broke. Oh, th there's consequences that followed me for a long time. Huge consequences. Spiritual consequences. Physical consequences. Mental consequences. Baggage. Okay, I'm going to move on now. So, but the mind says, here, says this. You can't overcome that addiction. You can't, you can't do it. Capture it. Capture that thought. Don't let it in. Right? You can't start a good habit. You're not good at it. Don't capture it. Well, this is just the way you are. No. Capture it. Take thoughts captive. Make it obedient to Christ. You can tell yourself truths like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strengths. With, with Christ, I am more than a conqueror, right? And I am, a, through Christ Jesus, I'm an overcomer. And you start, you start capturing these thoughts and you start doing spiritual war because that's what it is. It's, you got to grab them. You got to notice that they're there because sometimes that we're starting to think these things and these thoughts and they're happening over and over and over again. And we're on autopilot and, and we're not realizing that it's coming in. And we're not, we're, we have no gateway. There's no, no guards, standing guard against these, these thoughts that are piling in and then get stored up. And then before you know it, guess what you're doing? You're starting to speak, you're starting to take actions, taking steps and living out as though the lie were true. So, Paul, he's, a, he's a, a waiting execution in Rome, right? And he says this, he says, Fix your thought. What does he say? Fix your thoughts on what is true. What's true? God's word is the truth. Fix your thoughts on what is true and what's honorable, and what's right, and what's pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He's like, fix them. Fix your, th your thoughts on the right. Right. The, the Bible says that there are people who suffered and sacrificed and were promised great things and they didn't get to see it in their lifetime, but in heaven they witnessed it. And they were faithful, but they, they, they experienced persecution and death, on uh, terrible ways of dying. And then it says even Christ suffered and shed blood in just a terrible, awful way, awful way so that you could be set free from your sins. And then it says this. It says in God's words, in Hebrews, it says that when you start to wane in your faith, when you start to struggle in your faith, right? If you're, not, uh, if you're a real believer, every once in a while, you're going to struggle through your faith with fear and trouble. How many of you wrestled with your faith before in a real way, okay? It says that when you are starting to wane or struggle in your faith, repeat this story of what Christ did for you. Repeat it over and over again. Read through it. Meditate on it over and over again because it's the word of God and it's truth. And you're fixing your thoughts and pushing away the, the lies and you're fixing your thoughts on what is true, God's word. So we knock down strongholds by capturing long thoughts. Capturing long, wrong thoughts. Now, I got an idea. How, how many of you guys want to do something fun real quick? Huh? Okay. I got a plan. You got you to gotta do something fun when you're going to capture a thought, okay? Maybe for you, you're like the macho guy and you want to do a Bruce Lee karate chop when a thought comes. <laughs> All right, maybe you're like, I'm sassy 
I'm a sassafras and mm-mm. You can give that, that thought to hand, uh-uh. Or you could do the Talladega Knights, right? The, guy, the, you know, the, the brother that was Ricky Bobby's right-hand man in the, in, the, in the trenches with the cars and in their hospital trying to convince him that he's not, like, crippled, right? He's believing the, the lie as though it was true and it was affecting him as truth and he's, he's incapacitated and, and, and Ricky Bobby takes that knife and he's holding, he says, don't you, don't make me do it, don't make me, right? And he stabs his own leg, right? He's like, I hope, he says, I hope you have sons and that they're crippled like me. And, and, the, and the brother says to him, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me, okay? Maybe that's your response, okay? You're going to have it pre-saved, pre-loaded, ready to go. Maybe that's your response to the lie, okay? How many of you guys can think of one really unique one right now, okay, that you can have ready to go? All right, can you think of one? You can steal one of mine. Those just came out right on the spot. I won't even charge you for them. I like the Rippy, Ricky Bobby one. I, I use that one often, right? So, knocking down strongholds, capture wrong thoughts, and the second one is to release right words. Speak life. Everybody say, speak life. <laughs> speak life. It's powerful. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. This is what it says. What does it say here? The tongue has what? Power of what? Life and death. Be careful what you speak. There's power in it, right? And, and you got to ask yourself, when you're giving somebody advice, are you giving them life? Are you speaking truth? Or are you just enabling them to stay stuck with the lie that that's just who they are? And, they, and God does not have the power to change lives. Be careful what you speak. Speak life. And even about yourself, when you start thinking, oh, that's just the way, no, right? You speak life, you start speaking truth. It's powerful. Psalm chapter 19, verse 14 says, right? This is what David said. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Oh, my Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The meditation of my heart, the words of my mouth, the mind, the mouth. Release words of life. Oh, I'm just fat. I'm just such a fatty. Don't, don't say that about yourself, dang it. Stop it. You're not fat. You're growing into the masterpiece. You're, you're, you're being refined and chiseled into the masterpiece that God is going to have you to be. You're on that journey. You're on your way. That's not who you are, right? Oh, I'm just stupid. I'm an idiot. How many of you heard that before? I'm just an idiot. Don't, I, don't say that about yourself. Stop it. God gave you, he whittled you together in the womb. He's given you a sharp mind and to be clever and to be creative. Stop saying you're stupid. You're insulting the God who created you. Well, I just wish I was taller. <coughs> I just wish I was more beautiful, right? Remember that song back in the day, the hip-hop song? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller, right? Huh? No? All right. Some of you younger people remember it. All right, you old people are like, oh, those whippersnappers and that hippity-hop. Okay, like, God made you the way you are. If you're bald, rock the bald, right? If you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you just gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta speak life over yourself. The way that you talk about yourself, you know, if you're a Christ follower and you're always demeaning yourself to other people, how in the hell are they gonna want to be a Christian? Why, why would they ever want what you've got if you, can't, if you can't see yourself through God's eyes? Is that appealing? No. 
I'm repulsed by that. I can't be around people who are just constantly, oh, I'm such a, I'm, I'm such a failure. Or I'll never measure up. Oh, stop it. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Right? All things. Not just some things. All things. All things. It would have been, it would have, they would have put in the scripture some things if that was the case. <laughs> they would have put it some, and they would have put it in bold letters. And just so you know that there are not, there are some things you just can't change. You just never will. It's a lie. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know what I'm talking about? Come on now. The devil's a liar. That's his language. He's the father of lies. He's, that's what he does. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. Get that shield of truth up. Bam! Right? Maybe that's your, your reaction. Bam! Right? Get the shield of truth. Bam! Right? The arrow just bounces right off. You're like, right? Teflon. I'm bulletproof. <laughs> fire away. Fire away. Right? You got to put up that shield of truth. Boom! With this, man, this truth is in God's word. I'm getting too young on some of you guys. Um, okay. Now, here's your challenge. This morning, I'm going to challenge you. I want to challenge you to apply this strategy to your identity when it comes to the big lie, your spiritual enemy, that that's just the way I am. You need to attack it and win. Attack and win. Come on, say it with me. Attack and win. Right, okay? Attack and win. And here's how you're going to do that. This is what Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. And this is the NLT version. Take a look at here, what it says. This is what he says. That's why I work and struggle. Let's stop there. Fighting the lies of the world, fighting human reasoning, fighting, fighting false arguments. It's a struggle easy but here's the good news here's the good news check it out that's why i work and struggle so hard you work hard because guess what you got nitrous in the booster check it out depending on christ's mighty power dunamis again that dynamite power that you get through christ within you right christ's mighty power that works within me that's why i work and struggle hard because i got God nitrous in under the hood, and the world may not know it, but I'm going to smoke them. I'm going to smoke them in that quarter mile. I'm just going to hit that nitrous button. It's like, yeah, God, and you're off, right? And you're out of there because you've got God. You've got God's mighty power within you that works within you, right? That's why you don't have to be strong, right? Because in your weakness, he is strong, Okay? And when we fail, we, God's got us. God's got us. I got my girls, and they're already basketball players. They're, they're ballers just like your dad, all right? And they like to dunk it. They're like, Daddy, want to dunk it just like you. And so, right? And so they have me lift them up, but they're going to pretend they're jumping too because they can't just let Daddy do it all. They kind of at least put some effort. They're going to struggle with them, make it like their, their own. And they, they jump up as though they're going to dunk it. I'm like, yeah, you can do it. And they're like, Daddy, power! Bam! Right? That's, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the power, the mighty power that Christ works in and through us. We're going to pray this morning. We're going to close out. But before we do, part of this challenge for you is to, 
to go to the throne of God and ask for that mighty power because some of you have had this onslaught of lies and maybe it's been stacked up and there needs to be some house cleaning of your soul because there's some cancerous stuff inside of you or maybe you're just, you know, just the onslaught is relentless and, and it's, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm a failure or nobody loves me or I'm not worthy of God's love or God doesn't answer my prayer, you know, whatever it is, this, you know, there, there's an onslaught of lies that we need to come to the throne of God and we just need to ask for his help because that shield of truth sometimes can feel heavy, huh? It, it, it's not easy. It's not easy. But God, his power is available to you and I. We're going to ask him for that. So you bow your heads, close your eyes uh, with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you that you are a God that has the power to change lives. Not just, not just some parts of our lives, but all parts of our lives. Lord, you are the mighty, miracle-working God. God, you have the, the, the endless amount of resources. Father, you have the gift to heal people. You have, you have the power to know what's going on in our life because you know all things. And Father, we can come to you and we can say, God, help us because we're struggling with lies identity of the world that says you just cannot change. You're stuck with it, so embrace it. So, Heavenly Father, as we're sitting here, start to do your work. Start to do your work right now. Clean things out. There's been some stacked up lies in there. Help clear it out. And if you're here this morning and you're like, man, I, I really, I want to I start putting some, some strategy together to, to capture to capture thoughts or even fix my mind on things that are good and true and pure. And I need God's help with that this morning. I need that, that dynamis, that mighty power with God in my life, helping me to protect my mind, helping me protect my heart. If you're in here this morning with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, if that's you this morning, would you be courageous? Would you say, you know, Pastor Stephan, that's me. Raise your hand up high. God bless you. God bless you. I see all kinds of hands. God bless you. Good. Lots of people being bold, taking steps of faith. God bless you. Lord, we just pray that you would do that, Lord. Help us first. Some of us don't even recognize when it's a lie. We're just on autopilot, and so we, we don't even realize. Help us to identify it when it's a lie. And then, Lord, help us to capture it, chuck it, maybe drop it, punt it like a football. Uh, uh, Lord, and then not only that, but then we fix, not only capture that thought, throw it away, but then we fix our mind on the truth, on your word about who you say that we are, not what the world says that we are, or our enemies or our critics say that we are or that our flesh says that we are or that our spiritual enemy, the devil, says we are. We, we take that, those thoughts captive, Lord. Help us do that. Give us your power. Continuing to pray this morning. Some of you have stuck with the lie of, man, I'm going to be far from God. I never figured it out. I, I, I don't know how to approach God, and that's just the way I am. I'm too far gone. I'm too lost for God to redeem me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You can at any point be set free from the mighty power of Jesus Christ. And if you're wanting to give him a shot this morning, I want to challenge you, do it. Put yourself out there. There's a prayer that you pray, and it's a simple prayer. And you, I want you to repeat it after me, and everybody, if you could say it out loud together so nobody feels left out. You say these words. You say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin." I believe that you died on the cross for me. But not only that, Jesus, you rose from the dead and you conquered death 
so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this week. The Awakening Church is a church that unchurched people love to attend, where real people can come as they are and connect with others who love God. If you're on Maui, please come join us. If you're not on Maui or you can't attend a service, check us out online at theawakening.org or download our Awakening Church app. You'll find past messages, online Bible studies, scripture, and lots of other cool stuff, including ways where you can help us continue our mission. If this message has blessed you, you can help us increase our reach by giving to The Awakening Church, either on our app or online. Thank you for joining us. Aloha. Aloha.